Welcome back to Podcast 64 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKF. Follow us at the Icebreakers. Follow us on social media at Leslie Icebreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Betfred Sports. For a $250 bonus, please visit the Icebreakers. Click Betfred Sports. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the Icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit the Icebreakers.com. Click shop, become a member, pick any of our winning cappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. And nothing else, please visit the Icebreakers and become a free picks and Telegram subscriber. We have a great show for you today. I'm going solo because Dave is traveling. So I'm going to be covering fantasy football towards the end of the show by myself. And really a lot to cover. There's a massive weekend in college football. No real big games, but certainly a few things to take away from a few upsets. My college betting has been a bit of an upset for myself, even when I've been so often on the right side of these line moves, but that's how it is. It, nothing guaranteed and uh, hoping to rebound for this weekend, but we have some massive games this weekend because, I mean, Notre Dame's playing Ohio State. You got Alabama versus Ole Miss after their showing last weekend. It's just going to be one heck of a weekend. Uh, Colorado, of course, Oregon. And speaking of Colorado, there was absolutely no better game than that Colorado-Colorado State game and how that thing ended. Uh, got a little worried at the end for Dion. I, I thought he was toast. I thought he was toast. Comes back, Shadur Sanders makes it happen. The kid, I love the fact that he didn't celebrate his touchdowns and his go-ahead touchdown. He just went and put a towel on his head. I hate it when players celebrate prematurely before the game is over. Uh, really, really starting to grow on me, those Sanders over there. And Shiloh did it, had a great game as well. But now Hunter is going to be injured for the next big game at Oregon. And everybody's circling you know, Oregon as a spot to back uh, and really fade the heck out of Colorado. I, I don't know if Colorado State is as good as how they played that week because they, they just dominated. But it was also some just big momentum swings and... You know, with all the distraction going on, with all the the talk, with Jay Norvell insulting Dion, I, I just think it just at, put a bunch of extra pressure on that game. But I just could not believe how great of an ending it was. Uh, very upset with the targeting call, though, against Florida, uh, Colorado State. It's almost a little too predictable. Now, did he flatten Shador? Sure, he did. But he was kind of in the motion when the ball was going out anyway. It's just hard to stop yourself when you have all of that excitement around you playing football. You know, I've played football. I know the feeling it is very, very hard to do and almost impossible. That's why I hate that call so much. You know, he just, he went body to body, forward to forward, face mask to face mask. And that's what they don't want you tackling like. And he landed on top of them. And that's according to rules, a foul. Now that's not called all the time. You know, officials take their pick their moments to when to throw those flags, and it was just the biggest moment of the game. And Colorado State's best defender had to leave, and maybe that helped a little bit. But at the same time, Jay Norvell, why didn't you go for two? 
and that possession before because you had the option to do that instead you kick the extra point to tie it from that first overtime but either way I had a blast watching that game and it was the perfect way to end the night coming into Sunday now the NFL is a little bit better not much better it started out real poor I did hit my uh Washington play that I was against the world on I think Eric Rocco had Washington as well so props to my guy over here at the odds breakers for nailing that I had the Rams which was an interesting ending and I'm going to get into that in the next segment a little bit but uh was really happy with what happened there and the teasers have been so hot I hit a refuse to lose teaser again hopefully you guys got that because the play on the Lions ended up shitting the bed based upon some questionable coaching from Dan Campbell and uh pick six thrown by the one and only Jared Goff so uh it, you know Seattle was playing with their hair on fire as well it's just one that I just regret playing on I guess just due to the fact that I thought the Lions were going to kind of keep that momentum with such the big day and Barry Sanders is a statue being unveiled out there in Detroit but they just uh couldn't stop the some of the talent on the Seahawks, even though the Seahawks had two offensive linemen missing. So that was a, a little bit of a rough one for me. But definitely the biggest upset was Washington beating Denver, which uh, screwed up some people's survivor pools for sure. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. All right. Starting out with the good, and we're going to say Boston College's effort against Florida State. Holy cow, did that turn out well for them? Almost well enough to make, have a massive upset. 26-point dog here at home. And uh, yeah, Florida State just kind of turned the gas off in the middle of the third quarter, and it screwed up my team total over. I thought Boston College scoring would, would help it, but they just couldn't score again, or they just... We're kind of in prevent mode, which I hate that mindset when kids and coaches get into it because it just makes them terrible on offense. It's just something that's like sports psychology that probably doesn't get enough press, in my opinion. You know, the the whole mindset of just playing to lose almost, you know, you're just milking clock and just doing stuff you don't normally do and you also, you also become a very good football player to just kind of a bad football player just in seconds that shift happens and the team total didn't hit even though we had it over 36 it was 31 for most of the game <laughs> like seriously uh 31 points here in the middle of the third quarter and you can't get past 36 so it was rough for me but great effort from Boston College Eagles over there Missouri's 61-yard field goal kicker, Harrison Mevis, uh, is the stud of the week. Um, yeah, that was a, a, a rough one for myself, too. I had a free play on Kansas State, you know. And at some point, it's just like, it was it was, it was probably what I would call a sucker bet, and I was on the wrong end of it. Um, it's rare when I do that, but when is, what number would it make sense to bet Kansas State when your power ratings have them minus 11 I mean lots of power ratings had past minus seven you know it was five and a half I bet it at three and a half went to five and a half went back down to three and a half before kick but what if it was Kansas State plus two I mean would you have bet Kansas State plus two yes and you would have lost 
You know, I mean, what number is good enough for this situation is what I wonder. Because I, even though it was a bad spot to bet it, I knew it was a bad spot. My number was just so far off. But hey, the momentum with Missouri, the the crowd, Kansas State just feeling like they're away from home and felt every bit of pressure in that situation uh, got to them. Even though they're the much better team, it's just they took the loss and uh, the system was correct to fade them. So I was a little, a little rough on that, but massive props to that field goal kicker, man. I, I saw that and it sucked, but you know what? That was hell of a hell of a shot. Uh, lots of small teams really was good uh, in my opinion this week. And Central Michigan kept it with Notre Dame enough to cover. San Diego State kept it with Oregon State to cover. Hell, look, Army did the UTSA. They beat the crap out of UTSA though. Harris was not playing for UTSA. Uh, South Carolina. Uh, they really kept it with Georgia. They're not like the little school, but they're not the biggest SEC school either. And how about South Florida against Alabama? Holy cow. I tweeted out that I took, I'm taking the live under 34 and a half, and that, that was never even in contention to worry about that losing. Uh, it was just Alabama's offense was terrible. They took out Milrow. Uh, Simpson's terrible. Buckner's terrible over there. I just... Don't think Alabama's got a good quarterback right now, but you know this spread for the Ole Miss game is at seven, and you're going to get a lot of public on Ole Miss. I will not fade an Alabama team that looked that bad the week before with Nick Saban. There is absolutely no way I would do that, and it feels like they suck, but it was also a rainy day. USF was playing one of those Colorado State-type games, and sometimes you just can't stop that, and Bama ended up winning anyway. So um, this is just going to be a very interesting play this week on this Ole Miss for a lot of the public. And maybe some sharper people are taking it too. I don't know. But uh, I'm staying away from that. And I'll just watch that game to try to learn more for the future. Uh, Wyoming was also really good this week against Texas, weren't they? Another good and probably bad for a Badger fan like myself, Graham Mertz. Holy cow, he had a really good game against Tennessee. Now, he had some home cooking going on all game. <laughs> but uh, it's still, he's uh, been a very decent quarterback so far. And uh, I'm happy for him. You know, I wanted him to be a pro. Uh, he played for the Badgers a couple years. And uh, I, I just thought he was always more talented than that offense treated him in Wisconsin. And maybe it's kind of showing right now under Billy Napier for Florida. So another good for the week for the NFL was teasers. Uh, all well, most teaser legs were hitting, you know, through the three and the six and seven, and uh, the prop only one that really wasn't was the Bears. <laughs> and I would not tease the Bears on any number. <laughs> They're such a volatile team; you have no idea what you're going to get with the Bears. But uh, I'm glad I didn't do that. I know my buddy uh, Sean Kanaki lost a uh, ten point teaser with the Bears. So uh, <laughs> I wouldn't advise doing it, but that's it's just how the Bears are. But teasers and generals were great. And how about that Rams field goal to cover against the 49ers with three seconds left? Show me the money! <laughs> I mean, that was clutch. And a lot of people are saying because he did it for betting purposes and that he's not supposed to do that. But here, but. He should have did it 20 seconds ago from the 37-yard line, which might have been a miss. I don't know. 
But what else are you going to do on fourth and long when you're down 10 anyway? You either need a field goal or a touchdown and a field goal anyway. You need one of them first. The the clock's going to round. Might as well give your field goal kicker an extra set of practice, you know, practicing in a real game situation. You know, so was it really that bad? Also, there is a tiebreaker at the end of the season that has to do with the amount of points scored. You know, it usually never gets to that, but it could. So a lot of people saying that wasn't the right move. It's such a bad beat. I'm not so sure. What what was the right move? Just taking a knee and losing? Oh, I'm cool with the 10-point loss. We're not going to put any effort out there. Or just throw a bomb in the end zone where your receiver can get hurt or your quarterback can be knocked out for the season. Is that the better play? I don't think so. I think the Rams did what they were supposed to do, and I don't even know if that's a bad beat. If anything, it was a bad beat with Stafford when they're down seven driving and throwing the interception to give San Fran that field goal. So, yeah, I'm just, uh, I guess, you know, it's nicer to be on the Rams and anybody betting San Francisco would have the opposite opinion, but I, I just, please tweet me. Tweet the Osbreakers. Tweet me at OBKF. What else were they supposed to do there? Uh, if Being that they already screwed up the fact that they should have kicked the field goal with 18, 20 seconds left. All right. Now for the bad. Wisconsin Badgers first halves. Holy cow, they look bad in the first half. Every single game so far. I am going to maybe fade them in the first half. Now, Granted, once I do that, maybe they'll actually figure this out. They're playing at Purdue this week. But, man, they just take a long time to get going. So Badgers first half. And how about Georgia Southern? Uh, They had that cover dead to rights. And the Badgers score those touchdowns in the second half to cover by a half point from the closing line. Unreal. Another bad. Tennessee on the road. Man. Joel Milton was terrible. Well, not super terrible. He was somewhat terrible. There's some poor coaching there as well by Josh Heupel. Another time they took a snap on fourth and one and handed it off rather than getting behind center. You know how much I hate that. Blown away coaches still do that and don't have a short distance play. I mean, look at how it's working for the Eagles. And if you notice, there's lots of NFL teams this year following what the Eagles did. The Niners did that with Purdy now. Everyone's playing rugby ball. But some coaches are still stuck in the 2000s here and think that shotgun is the correct play there. It blows my mind. All right, next one, Luke Altmeyer. It's like he was playing for Penn State. Somebody should check that kid for sports betting <laughs> because they threw like five interceptions, you know, and they still almost covered. That pissed me off too because Illinois was a free play and a premium play that I was on and they were so close to covering, but Luke Allmeyer just gave the game away completely. Really drove me nuts. Cincinnati losing to Miami, Ohio. Oh, that was a bad one. Uh, Pittsburgh, West Virginia game. Each team had 211 yards of offense. That was bad. Uh, Alabama quarterbacks, as I said before, that's bad. Doug Peterson, uh, Jags coach, going going fourth and five 
midfield in the early in the game while up three. Why would you go for it fourth and five midfield in the first quarter when Kansas City started looking discombobulated when they played? You know, you gave them massive momentum by doing that. Now, if you're in the fourth quarter with six minutes left and it's four down territory then for uh, Kansas City, then you go for it. But geez, still five yards, and if you're, I'm not even 100 sure that that was I, that was a bad call by Doug Peterson. Also, they choked in the red zone many times. Um, Dan Campbell did the same thing. He had some really strange fourth down decisions, a uh, little too aggressive, in my opinion. Also, another bad survivor, and I'm not talking about the people that had the Broncos. I'm I'm talking or I'm talking about the people that had the Giants it's like if you want to win Survivor the guys that avoid those games want something to happen but the Eagles won the Bills won the Niners won and the Cowboys won all those massive spreads so uh not a lot of action Survivor I do think like 10% did go out because of that uh Denver piss poor situation now for the ugly Florida State not scoring most of the second half was ugly for anybody who took that team total. Uh, Alabama losing to South Florida for a lot of that first half was extremely ugly. Man, Bama's just making it all over on this. Uh, the refs' blindside block call on Tennessee was despicable and ruined my over. Uh, that there was the guy just just because your head's turned doesn't mean you can't block somebody. It's not like he launched and floored them. They really need to fix that call. There's been way too many weird flags, uh, not leaving it up to the players. Louisiana, UAB beat on the under was the most ugly thing for me of the weekend. Louisiana had a minute left. They're up by 27 points. What do they do? They run the ball and they fumble it. They fumble it, UAB gets it, and it took all the way to the last three seconds, fourth and 17, and they make the touchdown to go over the freaking total. As soon as I saw that, man. Oh, no! All right, next, Stanford losing to Sacramento State was absolutely pathetic. Uh, The Cardinals... Second half, when you are up by 21 points just to lose that game, massive claps on the Cardinals. And the last ugly thing, and I've, they've made the ugly before, the whole Chicago Bears franchise and Justin Fields. I don't think any of them are good. And here's why. Ryan Poles makes a trade for Claypool. The guy's a clear head case. Didn't do your research. The offensive line, Sam Mustafer, you let him go, blamed a lot of stuff on him. When I thought the offensive line was pretty good at running the ball last year, if you remember. Well, he killed it and crushed it for Baltimore this week, you know? And then if you want to move into Matt Eberflus, you're a defensive coordinator from the Colts. I mean, I was I didn't like this hire in the first place, but I was kind of like, I don't know. I'm starting to realize he sucks because the Bears' defense still sucks under year two. And then Justin Fields, you have 27 starts. 
Your offensive line actually pass blocked halfway decent for you. And you throw those picks, the pick six in the end zone. Fields looks very flustered out there. And I don't think he can really read defenses. You know, I think he just uses his athletic ability, which is not going to make you a winning quarterback long-term in the NFL. So I'm very concerned for that. But at the same time, look who hired them all. That's right. The McCaskies. Nothing is ever going to change until they change. You know what you are! Just a day, son of a bitch! All right, now it's time for some college football week two or week three misleading final scores. Boston College's yards were all garbage. So, but I still upgrade them because they could have, they're, they're covering that game easily anyways, but I'm not going to mention the disparity in yards there when Florida State was playing on their heels. Uh, Penn State outgained Illinois only 383 to 354, yet won 30 to 13, a 5 to 0 turnover ratio, smoked the Illini. Uh, Iowa State outgained Ohio. 271 to 241 yet lost 10 to 7 to 2 to 0 turnover ratio killed the clones man like i keep saying about campbell what do i keep saying georgia southern outgained wisconsin 455 to 451 yet lost 35 to 14 a 6 to 0 turnover ratio killed the cover for the Eagles. UMass outgained Eastern Michigan 464 to 371 yet lost 19 to 17. A 4 to 1 turnover ratio did them in bad. Virginia Tech's yardage were mainly garbage, so I'm not going to talk about that Rutgers game. That was a positive for us though. The Rutgers free play actually hit and uh that was a smaller premium play. Tennessee outgained Florida 387 to 349 yet lost 29 to 16. Some of this was garbage yards, but poor plus side of the field and a 1-0 to turnover ratio hurt the Vols. Some very bad calls as well. Cincinnati outgained Miami, Ohio, 538-358, to yet lost 31-24. to Equal 2-2 two two turnover ratio, but 10 penalties in horrible red zone defense and offense hurt the Bearcats. Arkansas outgained BYU, 424-281, yet lost 38-31. to A 2-1 to turnover ratio and 14 penalties killed the Hogs. Uh, Colorado State outgained Colorado 499 to 418, yet lost in overtime 43 to 35, 4 to 2 turnover ratio. And 17 penalties killed them. That targeting one at the end was rough, and I absolutely hate that rule, as I mentioned earlier. And Kansas outgained Nevada 441 to 263, yet only won 31 to 24, a 1 to 0 turnover ratio, and poor red zone hurt the Jayhawks. Now, for a few key injuries. Now, I never get them all. But Colorado's wide receiver slash cornerback Travis Hunter was taken for evaluation for for a, a concussion after the game. And I thought he also hurt his leg, but that hit was just vicious. And the dude probably should be suspended for that one. That was kind of clear, dude. You know, it's like, you know, he's trying to catch the ball. The other guy's all over him, really. And then you just do that to him. That was unnecessary. I was Luke Lackey. Is it Lackey or Lachey? I don't know. Went out with a significant injury in a walking boot. He was their starting tight end. 
Nebraska might continue to start Heinrich Harburg at, over Jeff Sims, in my opinion, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, quarterback Frank Harris for UTSA is still questionable, so we'll see if he can play against Tennessee. Uh, I hope so, because that over is going to be hit if that's the case. Louisiana quarterback Ben Woolridge is out for a while. Didn't say how long. And Florida Atlantic quarterback Casey Thompson used to play for Nebraska and Texas. Tore his ACL and is out for the season. So that is a little bit brutal as well. College football, week four, betting spots. Letdown spots. Missouri hosting Memphis after a miraculous 61-yard field goal win. Florida hosting Charlotte after beating Tennessee is one. James Madison at Utah State after beating Troy is one as well. Very flat spot possibly for the Dukes. Get up spots. Tennessee better wake up hosting UTSA after that poor showing in Florida. Kansas State will get it right hosting UCF. Uh, Alabama hosting Ole Miss is a get up spot after showing no showing at USF or Maybe that's all they could do. They look like they're trying, I guess. The Iowa State. There's another one. Get up spot. Iowa State better wake up versus Oklahoma State after losing to Ohio. I don't know if they can. But, I mean, you can say that for Arizona State who got just blitzed by Fresno State. I wish I never bought back on that. I was going for a middle. Uh, Had Fresno with some line value. And... uh, you can say that about Stanford, too, after their FCS loss. Jesus, bad get-up spot for them as well. Look-ahead spots. Duke could be looking past UConn this week to Notre Dame. That's very possible, although I think Duke did have a bye week, so not as much of a look-ahead. Kansas looking past BYU to Texas could certainly happen. But then again, the whole fact that BYU – just beat Arkansas is a letdown spot as well. So I forgot that one. We'll add that to letdown spots. And then you have Syracuse looking past Army to Clemson is out there as well. And wow, did Army throw the ball well against UTSA. But man, I think uh, they might be a little bit overmatched here, even though Syracuse might be looking past them to Clemson. But that don't, don't mean they might not cover here. You know, you got to... See what that spread is. Uh, 13 and a half now. Oh, it looks like a little army money came in. I think this is 14. So that's interesting. All right. NFL. Week two. Misleading final scores. The Falcons outgained the Packers 446 to 224, yet only 125 to 24. A 1 to 0 turnover ratio hurt them. Packers kind of dogged it at the end of that game, too, though. The Lions outgained the Seahawks uh, 418 to 393 yet lost 37 to 31 a 3 to 0 turnover ratio and poor coaching decision killed the cats the texans uh yards were mainly garbage this week so i'm not going to look too much into that and the rams outgained the 49ers 386 to 365 yet lost 30 to 23 a 2 to 0 turnover ratio killed the rams they should have covered uh, a little easier than that last Field goal. NFL, week three, betting spots. Letdown spots. Miami could let down versus Denver after beating the Patriots. Now, I don't really hold these spots too much with a grain of salt until later in the season, but 
just want to still throw them out there. The Commanders uh, could let down some versus Buffalo after beating Denver. They start getting their butts beat. Who knows? Uh, I mean, Buffalo is a powerful team, but maybe the Commanders could still bring some of that momentum into it. It's not like a spot you choose to let down in, but um, it's not. It's a non-conference game, so it, it's a little bit more of an interesting element to the line coming into this week. Buffalo is a very big favorite, though, so they know that they're the dog. Get-up spots is really any team that's 0-2 right now, any team that needs the big win. Um, it, unfortunately, two 0-2 teams are facing each other in the Chargers and the Vikings because I wish I could have backed one of them this week in a spot, but unfortunately, they are playing each other. Look-ahead spots, Miami could be looking past Denver, too, at Buffalo, so Miami is in a sandwich. Um, this spread is going to be fun to watch all week, you know, because it's going to be hard for, to get people to back Denver, but this, they might be the side this week in this situation, man. I've seen it before many times. This is football. Crazy things happen. It's six and a half right now. My number is not even close to that, but I still don't want the Miami side. It's more like 10, to be honest with you, embarrassingly, but... It's it's just a situation where Denver needs to pull it all together. This segment was brought to you by AG1. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day? Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food source ingredients of high quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash oddsbreakers or click on our podcast episode description. Now for our college football week four free play that I'm going to give out right now. And this is a situation where Rutgers, I can't even do that no more. I I have 30 and a half. It's down to 24 and a half. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't like it at 24 and a half anymore. My number's 26 and uh almost makes me switch to Michigan on that one. So let's move on to Air Force because that's another play that I took this week. And this line is up to three and a half, but I still like it because my number is 8.75. I mean, Air Force is maybe the best team in the Mountain West. I don't know who's power rated better right now after the way Boise's kind of been looking. So... I think that Air Force is probably safe to say that they're the best. They are undefeated. They had an ugly game against Sam Houston State, but Sam Houston just plays slow and runs the ball and plays defense. Not so worried about that one as much. Uh, They just beat Utah State 39-21. They're going to play a San Jose State team that does have a win against Cal Poly at least, 59-3. But they're kind of like a finesse team. They went and played Toledo hard. So, you know, good for them for doing that. And they had a very tough schedule starting at USC and Oregon State. But the problem with San Jose State is they really struggle to stop the run. 4.93 rushing yards per attempt is uh, what they give out or what they give up. Okay. So a little concerned about that. Now, Air Force themselves, as you know, is a rushing team. They haven't played San Jose State 
since San Jose State's big COVID year when they won it all, uh, San Jose State beat them in 2020, 17-6. But this is a completely different San Jose State team, and they struggle to stop the run. You know, Air Force, massive rushing team, right? Uh, their yards per rush right now for 2023 is 5.37 yards per attempt. But what's even more important is that their defense is amazing. You know, they stop the pass. Uh, quarterback rating opponent is 124. Yards per pass is only 5.4, ranking 18th in the nation. Air Force is negative 0.45 yards per play. Actually, negative 0.55 yards per play. Uh, Air Force is positive 2.64. Now, obviously, Air Force hasn't had the strength of schedule as San Jose State, but Air Force is the much better running team, and I like running teams when the other team can't stop them. San Jose State, 122nd in defensive rushing success rate. Number 102 in total defensive success rate and defensive line yards where your offensive line kicks in 128th from collegefootballdata.com. So this is a situation where I think Air Force covers pretty easily on the road at San Jose State. Take them minus three and a half for two stars. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All right. Now it's time for a little fantasy football week three. And we'll start with key injuries. Wide receiver Odell Beckham left with an ankle sprain. Wide receiver Darnell Mooney for the Bears left with a knee injury. Quarterback Joe Burrow tweaked his calf injury and his day-to-day. Running back David Montgomery left with a thigh injury and his day-to-day. Quarterback Anthony Richardson was ruled out with a concussion. Wide receiver Devontae Adams was evaluated with a concussion, so he might miss. Wide receiver Jalen Waddell was ruled out for a concussion check. Running back Saquon Barkley suffered a high ankle sprain and will be out three weeks. They thought it was worse, but we just got the news that it's not that bad, so good for Giants fans there. Running back Chase Edmonds was ruled out with a knee injury, and tight end Logan Thomas was ruled out with a concussion. Waiver wire. Definitely Matt Breda if he's not owned, and running back Gary Brightwell maybe for the Saquon injury is going to be a nice streamer for the next three weeks. Quarterback Garner Minshew for the Richardson injury is a play-on guy. Wide receiver Josh Reynolds for the Lions had a monster game. He will have a good matchup versus the Falcons secondary. Wide receiver Tutu Atwell had 13 receptions on 17 targets for the Rams. Wide receiver Marvin Mims had four receptions for 122 yards uh, and a touchdown versus the Commanders. So he got some play for Denver before they choked that game away. Running back Roshan Johnson for the Bears had a big game and one touchdown. Wide receiver uh, Robert Woods had 19 targets for the Texans. So I like him as a streamer maybe even for a starter, like a wide receiver three, uh, I think Robert Woods could be. Uh, Tight end Zach Ertz had 18 targets for the Cardinals. Uh, Wide receiver Tank Dell had 10 targets and a touchdown for the Texans, so he could be picked up maybe. Uh, Wide receiver Chase Claypool for the Mooney injury. Now, I don't like Chase Claypool, but who else's field's going to throw it to? And 
They're down by 30 against the Chiefs. <laughs> Running back Zach Moss is the bell cow for the Colts now. He had all the carries, so grab Zach Moss if he's not owned. I think he's owned in like 60% of leagues. Non-starters trending up. Running back Raheem Mostert versus Denver's D could be a good play. Running back Jarek McKinnon versus a bad Bears run D is a good streamer. Uh, running back Kyron Williams may be the starter now for the Rams. So if just in case he's not owned, just do a check for Kyron Williams. He's massive. Uh, running back Tank Bigsby versus a bad Texans D is good. Running back Gus Edwards for the Ravens might destroy the Colts. Right. Uh, <laughs> Wide receiver Tutu Atwell versus the Bengals' iffy defense. Wide receiver Sky Moore versus a pathetic Bears D. Uh, run, wide receiver Braxton Berrios versus the Broncos' poor D. Running back A.J. Dillon versus the Saints' defense. Running back Zach Moss is the bell cow for the Colts and could have a good game, as I said before. Running back Jamal Williams, he's good this week because he wants to have a big game versus his old team, the Packers. So think about Jamal Williams if you have him. Would be a good start versus the Packers. Wide receiver Jordan Addison uh, versus the Chargers, I think will be huge for the Vikings. I'd start Jim, uh, Jordan Addison in this kind of game all day long. Tight end Gerald Everett uh, versus the Vikings is also a great matchup too for a non-starter. I'd start Everett over a lot of tight ends this week. Bus running back Derrick Henry. Might be in for it versus that Cleveland's defense. Running back James Conner versus the Cowboys' defense isn't looking pretty. Running back Matt Breda might not do much in San Francisco. Quarterback Daniel Jones versus the Niners is an ugly one. And quarterback Russell Wilson is very benchable again this year and could struggle versus Miami's D. Now time for my nasty sleeper. And we are going to go with Jordan Addison this could be a very high-scoring game, as I said before. He's going to light it up this week for your fantasy team. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet us at the Osbreakers. Email us at info at theosbreakers.com if you want your question read on this show. Have a great rest of your week, and go get some winners.